Hell yes, you spiritual badass. The play button you just hit brought you into a world of your own magic where you can be, do, and have anything. Where the possibilities are endless and you are limitless. I'm Janessa McKenzie, your guide on this journey, an NLP practitioner, master mindset coach, and an intuitive and lunar living expert. Join me to mix the woo with the do to elevate you to be the best version of you that you can be. Raise the collective consciousness to a higher frequency so we all rise and many, many future generations continue to rise. Help you unlearn all the bullshit and shift into the next paradigm of truth and to guide and walk with you on your spiritual path, whatever that looks like for you, so that you can find more light, love, joy, and gratitude using all the knowledge I have continue to acquire to help you live the best possible life of abundance, growth, and self-love. You can manifest your dreams. You can create your own incredible reality. You are meant for more. You deserve more. You can be, do, and have whatever you want because you are limitless. You are a spiritual badass. Let's do this. everyone. Welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I am here today with Julia Wesley. She is an Akashic Records reader and soul blueprint healer who helps people cut the pain cords to the past, focus living on their life in the now moment, and heal their relationship with their ego and realize their purpose is to be themselves. And this is a freaking journey and a half, right, Julia? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. I think I gave that um, description of what I do so long ago, and, and hearing you say it back, I'm like, "Yep, that's exactly right." That's oh, that's exactly so what I do. awesome! <laughs> I love it when that happens, right? You're like, yeah. "Oh, has anything changed?" Like, I haven't looked at anything for like a year. Has <laughs> yeah. anything changed? And you're like, "Nope, nope, hasn't changed." <laughs> that's when you know you're. That's when you know you're in alignment, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome, awesome. So, tell us more about you and what you do and what the Akashic records are for those listening that are like the what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am an Akashic records reader. It's funny. I got into it through mediumship and then intuitive readings. And then I figured out actually where I'm working is in the Akash. I work with timelines. I work with um, quote unquote past lives and I work with karma. And so the easiest way to understand what the Akashic records is uh it's sort of like the cosmic apple iCloud of the universe it's other people call it the hall of records it's Mm -hmm. basically the um recording of everything that has happened or will happen or is currently happening in the universe at any given moment so it holds anything and everything it's like a giant library. It's my favorite place to be. If, you, if you're if you someone who gets like excited by looking at a picture of like a giant library, the Akash is for you. Yeah. yeah. I love books. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> so I can too. walk into like a, a bookstore or even a library and be like, yes. <sighs> <laughs> same. Just being in the presence of knowledge is something that gets me all giddy and excited. So yes, yes. That, that's exactly what it is. And the work that I do in the Akash, um, because there's a lot of work that you can do there. It's the way that I understand it is it's primarily time based. So you can do, um, I know people who do ancestral healing and the way that they do it is very Akashic. They work in sort of the timeline. Um, I personally help people 
heal their connection with other lives. I call them concurrent lives because time is all now from a oneness perspective. Um, so I help people disconnect their identity from other lifetimes that are not actually them. And I help them heal their karma by not taking on the pains of some other lifetime. So for example, if you um, practice witchcraft in this lifetime and you have this strong held belief and connection to the idea that, or maybe you went into meditation and had a vision of um, a witch who was burned, you know, centuries ago, and you're dealing with some sort of persecution themes in this lifetime, what I would do is I would help you work within the Akash, figure out why are we connecting to this lifetime? What do we have to learn about it? How can we let that person go and heal in their own time? And then how can we refocus on your life now? Um, and then go forward. What are you here to do? How are you here to live? How are you here to express? What are you here to do and expand? How can the universe learn through you? And so mm. that's what I do in the Akash. Mm. That's powerful. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, fun and powerful. Like, yeah. Not many people, I would think, like, even just knowing about the Akashic Records, I think, is is still emerging, right? Yeah. Um, but people that can either find someone like you or can read them themselves, mm -hmm. like, the work that can be done in there. Because you said, you know, it's just one way you can work with them is mm -hmm. how you work with them. Like I have heard other um, people say things like you can go into the Akashic records and literally see what is holding you back right now and just kind of delete it. Like maybe not delete it, but mm -hmm. um, I don't know, heal it, remove it, whatever. Yeah. So that, you know, it doesn't keep holding you back right now. That's a, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And so what I also do, you also introduced me as a soul blueprint healer. Mm. And it's funny because that's also an Akashic Records um, realm of expertise. Mm -hmm. So when I first got into this work, I, I was mentoring under an evidential medium. And I just kept getting information on people about how they're supposed to express themselves in this lifetime. Like, what's your purpose? What's holding you back? Like, what are you not doing? And my guides would show this information to me. They would show me people as a snowflake or as a mandala or, but basically what they were getting across to me was that this is their individual patterning. This is their uniqueness. This is what makes them who they are. And so I remember one time I had someone in my, come to me and my guides were like, this person's really skilled with Christ consciousness. They have a really great concept and understanding of um, unity consciousness and brotherly love and mm. they've gone off track they had really fallen into um, drugs and alcohol and mm. they lost that confidence and belief in themselves and mm. so when you can go back into the akash and pull up that information of who were you at the point of creation what were you intended to be how can you express how can you live in fullness with that and then bring it forth into this current moment it's really more like a healing, but I call it an alignment. It's sort of like getting in alignment with yourself. Yeah. yeah. So you said something about, you know, it being uh, the time, right? So mm -hmm. all, like all time, no matter what parallel we're on mm -hmm. um, of everything past, present and future. So yeah. future meaning like, I think 
a lot of people may, you know, come up, what's something that might come up for them is, oh, everything's predestined. Mm-hmm. Um, is that true? Uh, not really. So you do have control over how you want to live your life. So let me give an example in this way. Um, one time somebody gave me an unsolicited reading and it was sort of like a doomsday kind of a reading. They just slipped into my DMs and they're like, this horrible thing's going to happen to you. Make sure you're careful. And it was very vague <laughs> and unspecified. And um, the more that I pressed them for information, the more I was just like, I'm not sure, like, does it have to be this way? Is this something that has to happen? And this person could have been blowing smoke or this person could have actually been tapping into a timeline. But the thing about timelines is that you can change timelines. So if you're going to think about um, parallel existence, as you had sort of brought up before, Maybe in a certain experience, I got into a terrible car crash and I had to make sure to take my medicine, but I don't have to experience that if I don't want to. I can shape up and be like, uh, no, thank you. I think I would rather just not have to experience this horrible thing. And maybe I want something different. And so there is an element of choice. You do get that sort of uh, freedom and leeway. But I get where people are coming from when they think predestination, right? Because there is a certain part of it where it's like the way that you succeed, the way that you can get the most fulfillment out of your life is is to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you don't grow and expand as you live and be who you are. But sometimes for people, they're like, well, what if I wanted to be a NASCAR driver instead of a firefighter? It's like, well do you want to be a NASCAR driver instead of a firefighter? And I think if people are honest with themselves, they'd be like, all right, well, maybe I would be more satisfied if I was a firefighter. Yeah. But it does kind of have that feel of like predestination, even though if, if like gun to the head, I don't, I don't believe in it. I don't really think it's true. Yeah. Because I feel like if that was the case, then that means we don't really have free will. Yeah. And we, we do. You yeah. can choose not to be a firefighter. You know, you can right. choose to be a banker, you know, but you might not you be happy not to be yourself in this lifetime. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is really just telling you, you know, who you are, who mm-hmm. you were at creation to, like you said, get the most fulfillment out of this life experience that we are having right now. Yeah, exactly. And to add like another layer to this, one of the things that my guides really impressed upon me was that you're not your career. Like you don't have a set Mm. career in your life, right? So I really like this work that I do, but I really considered being a therapist. And Mm -hmm. so that may have been a good option for me. It may not have been the best fit, but it would have been an an option for me. Um, So what they were trying to get across, because I'm I'm very Capricorn, you know, I like like to have a goal. I like to know. So when I realized that I had guides out there that I could ask for answers, I was like, great. Tell me who I'm supposed to be. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with life. Like, tell me I'm a banker. Tell me I'm something. And they're like, well, actually, you really like to learn. You really like to teach. I'm like, I would really prefer like a job title. Like if you could. And they just never gave me one. They just kept giving me qualities of who I was and what I enjoyed doing. Yeah. And so you can do so many things with that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, you're not your job. You are this expression. And you may find something that's a really great fit. 
but then you also need to give yourself a certain amount of room to grow a certain amount of leeway right because as you go into this as you go into how much you like to learn how much you like to teach how much you like to connect to the divine you may find that oops I found something that fits better you know and if you're married to this idea of like being like a banker just as an example then you may never let yourself grow um so that again to go back to predestination there's that's another reason why I'm not so big on it yeah so I mean I can attest to that because I feel like I've had like multiple lifetimes in one (laughs) (laughs) because of all the different things that we do in our life you know like I was I can't I come from a corporate background and I was like in an office for over 20 years Mm -hmm. and then you know uh, picked up a camera and like fell in love with photography. And while I still love photography, I know that that is not my purpose. Like right. there is a bigger message that I am supposed to send out to the world mm-hmm. and it's not through photography. Um, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well uh, I really love helping people like, you know, figure out how to get the most out of like their social media and attract their ideal clients and like business stuff and all this. And then I'm like, but that's not it either. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like that's not the only thing you know exactly. like there's more to it there's mm-hmm. like the behind so now uh you know my real passion and I feel like and maybe this could change tomorrow because who knows right <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but the my real passion and I feel like the one of the big messages that I am supposed to get out is who you are inside, mm-hmm. like how you can create whatever you want. Just you have everything inside of you and like yeah. how your, how our brains work, how mm-hmm. like all the things that we were never taught growing up that like keep us small mm-hmm. that, you know, when people are educated and know these things and are open to them, like that's the other big thing. Right. So I think opening minds is part of my mission Mm -hmm. to open more minds to energetics and your inner world and how your brain works and the thoughts you think and the words you use and like it all matters. Yeah. All those things that were never taught and unlearning all of the things that we were taught as you know not true yeah and that I think what's so cool about that that core message Mm -hmm. is if you look back probably if you look back on all the jobs that you had before there was some little aspect in each job that you were doing that contributed to what you what you just said there like um yeah. with the social well, media you're just like words are important what you say is important what you're yes. putting out the energy behind it is important and I don't know what you were doing in corporate but maybe the way you interacted with your coworkers, the way you interacted with um your customers or clients sort of mm-hmm. reflected that as well yes yeah I think you're absolutely I mean even going back to before I even worked mm-hmm. like I know like all my friends and like even family sometimes <laughs> I I would be the one that they would come to for like advice and yeah um like I felt like you know the therapist of my 
of my right? clan, you know, <laughs> like yeah. my little, my tribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ex- well, exactly. <laughs> What's so cool about your purpose. And this is what my guides, you put this so, so well, what my guys are trying to tell me is like, you've been doing your purpose your whole life. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're like, you get a career and then all of a sudden you're living your purpose. Like you being you is living your purpose. You know, it's just, I think it's so cool when you come to that moment of realization being like, oh, I'm this way on purpose. You yes. know, that yes. weird thing that I just couldn't find a place for, like that was it the whole time. You know, I was just trying to figure out how to unpack it, how to give it meaning, how to give it value. You know, and that's what's so exciting to me. And that actually is all the information that I can find in the Akash, which is part of the reason why I love it so much, because Mm. I just, the sense of fulfillment and excitement, the sense of fulfillment that people get from understanding who they are and the sense of excitement and realizing that actually, I love this. Maybe I love who I am. Maybe this is so much fun. Maybe I can have so much fun in this lifetime. Like that just, uh, like, it's so satisfying. It fills me with so much joy. I just think that the the type of healing and the alignment that comes from working in the Akash, like on top of all the really cool, like mysteries and things that we don't already know, like, it's just my favorite playground is the Akash. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear exactly what you're saying. Like when you, when you find that thing that brings you joy like that, yeah, like mine is seeing the switch flip mm-hmm. for somebody. Like seeing them come into the realization that, holy shit, like (laughs) I am that powerful. Like I can change my circumstances. I am not, you know, destined to be broke all my life or, Mm -hmm. you know, in a bad relationship or keep attracting crappy people into my life or whatever it is. Yeah. People think that that's, that's just who they are and that that's, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And that's like their destiny is to just like suck at life. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes, you you know, like there are people that feel like that. So when you the flip, the switch flip from, you know, I suck to holy crap. Yeah. It's like that, like, just gives me all the feels, gives me all the joy. And, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, like <laughs> angels like, are singing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you're like, all right. Like purpose one down. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. And it's so satisfying. I understand what you're talking about, like getting, helping people get out of those like patterns where it's like, yeah. I'm destined to just be destitute and you know be in this bad habit all the time and Mm. I think what's so fun about the Akash is it helps you escape the loop of that pattern yeah and you can sort of see it from this not not entirely disconnected um, viewpoint but sort of like the viewpoint of like a hawk or an eagle where it's you're connected you're part of everything but you see it from an a wider viewpoint and so instead of not being able to see the forest from the, for the trees, you're like, oh, I see the whole forest. I see where I was walking in circles and the door was just like three feet to the other side. I mean, I just didn't go far enough. I didn't trust myself enough. Yeah. And it's sort of like my guides um, have given me this interesting perspective of karma, which sort of sets convention on its head. Mm. This idea that it's not karma so much as it is like a pain lineage. And Mm. so when we're tapping into another life, what we're doing is we're 
there's a point of connection between you and another life. And typically a lot of the times it's a, a point of pain. It's a point of contention. Mm -hmm. Two people have suffered in the same way. And so you guys meet at this one point and what you're actually trying to do is figure out how to heal. Um, but you have found each other in your pain. And instead of trying to look at each other from that outside perspective, that eagle-eyed perspective, instead you're saying, oh my gosh, we're suffering because we're the same people. Mm. From a oneness perspective, yes, you're right. But from like an individual, like you are you perspective, like you, you guys are having separate experiences. So to validate the pain in that way is not helpful. So to escape that cycle, what you do is, is you say, oh, I see now what I was supposed to learn from that other person. I see now how I can escape this loop. And then when you escape the loop, the other life has the opportunity to escape the loop as well. Mm -hmm. And that for me is really fun. And so when we're talking about karma, to kind of bring it back home, it's not just what you pick up from a previous lifetime. Like if we're going to think about karma as something that's like a repeating pattern, as a pain lineage, it's also a loop that you can get stuck in in this current lifetime. Like you mm. can be chasing your own tail over thinking that you're stuck in this job or you can't leave this marriage or, you know, you just can't heal your relationship with your family members or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's, an, that's another reason why I, I think the Akash is so fun because it, it gives you sort of like a, um, a neutral perspective on things like that. Yeah. And and a starting point, right? Because yeah. we can, without like this knowledge, we could walk through life just thinking that this is just the way it is. And this is, yes. you know, so mm -hmm. having someone like you go in there and be like, oh, look, like, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, can you give people like specifics on like what they need to do to heal or yes. move forward? Yeah. Yeah. So when you do a reading and I don't want to speak for every Akashic records mm -hmm. um, healer or reader, but typically in my experience, someone comes to you for a reading and it's, for me, it's really easy to pick up on the life that they're experience and the person they're tapping into in a different mm -hmm. timeline um and typically what they're doing is there's something in that other life that is really calling to them in this current life maybe it's validation for something that they're experiencing right now um, maybe it's a lesson that they're trying to learn in their life right now and typically it's really easy for me to be like oh this is a persecution issue or I can be like oh it, you just are, it's this reoccurring wound with your um sacral I'm sorry your uh root chakra you have a really hard time feeling safe anywhere you're trying to figure out how can I keep myself safe you keep tuning into this life they're never safe what could they have done differently what can you do differently it's things like that and so mm -hmm. typically for me it's easy to pinpoint that and then what we do is we go I sort of start talking to the client again. And I'm like, okay, this is what I have. Um, this is the life that you're tuning into. This is the thing that you keep trying to learn. This mm -hmm. is the thing that is probably your biggest pain point right now. And this is why you need to disconnect from this life because it's just feeding into that belief that you are this victim or whatever 
it is that you have going on right now. And um, then we can get really specific of, are you ready to let this go? Are you ready to move on? Would you like to move on? What can move into this space once you let that go? What could your life be when you decide to let go? And oh, great, you decided to let go. So what's life gonna be like moving forward? You know, right. and that's, I think what's really cool about the Akash. Now, other Akashic Records readers, what they might do, and I think this is probably more common, um, traditionally what Akashic Records readers do is they get your name, your date of birth, perhaps even um, the time and the place of where you were born, and they'll go into a record and they'll say, okay, you've had 546 lifetimes, 22 of them were in Germany, 30 of them were in ancient Greece, and blah, 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 and they'll say, this is your soul group of origin, this is your archangelic realm of training, and they'll sort of give you like a laundry list of information. And that's fine. That's interesting. I don't want to knock the other work people do. But for me, what I do is a little bit different mm -hmm. because I don't want to reinforce the idea that time is a linear progression of events. Mm -hmm. um, to some people, that's really helpful. But to, in the work that I do, in my experience with people, it's been more helpful to help people understand that they're not held whim or held to the whims of time. So you can be God and the master manifester in this exact moment right here, right now. Like you're not who you are because perhaps in the 1800s, you were a horrible person. Yeah. And so you're getting punishment for that lifetime and this lifetime. And I say, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Like you're your own person. So what do we have to do in order to help you be that person? And so sometimes it's helpful to know your archetypes, like what's your soul group of origin, what's your archangelic type of training, any other of that good stuff. But typically for me, that information really comes through more in a soul blueprint healing where you can say, okay, this is what you're expressing in this lifetime, you know, rather than how can we let go of other lifetimes and focus on going forward. So yeah, that's just a little difference in what you may see and other people do versus like what someone like me would do. Hmm. Well, I know that I would just be interested to know those things, not necessarily for mm -hmm. a timeline, but I think it would just be cool to know. <laughs> yeah, it really would. And you know, what's funny when I was first learning about the Akash, when I was first studying, that was the whole reason why I wanted to know anything about it. I was like, tell me all of my past lives. Like, tell me what, what my soul group of origin is. Tell me, you know, who, who was I in a past life? I knew people who were like, oh, I'm Cleopatra, or I'm Joan of Arc, or I'm, you know, whatever. And it's like, the more you do this, the more you're like, well, everyone thinks that they're Cleopatra. You know, like that's, <laughs> <laughs> and like, not, not everyone can be Cleopatra, you know? And um, it was interesting as I was going into my own record, I wasn't picking up on any lives. And I was like bitterly disappointed because everyone else was getting all of this like really amazing, like super cool information. They're like, I'm this famous person or I had this experience or this is what my hall looked like. And I'm like, I, my guys are telling me I've never had any past lives. <laughs> like, this is boring. I was like super <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> That's actually was, pretty cool though. I guess, but it's not what I was looking for. You know, like- <laughs> I wanted to be told I was like some, like, I, I don't know anything. I would have taken anything. And they're like, yeah, you've never had any past lives, but more importantly, you don't have karma. And even more importantly, like, so they called me a star seed, which means that my archetype comes from, is more commonly expressed in a different 
portion of the universe. So my soul group of origin is mission realm, which is sort of a fancy term. It's not really important, but what it means at the core of it is that I really have a goal and a mission in this life that I am particularly focused on. And it's an archetype that I express as a human. So if someone is a star seed, and basically what that means is your archetype is from a, a different part of the galaxy. So people will be like, I'm a Pleiadian star seed. And yeah. they think that to mean that, oh, I was an alien in a past life. And so I'm in, or perhaps I'm an alien now. And it's like, actually, you're human, but, and that bursts yeah. a lot of bubbles for people. And it's like, you're just expressing energy that's typically found somewhere else in the earth plane. Because you're here to help shake up the energy of the earth. You're here to help to help heal it and to bring in something new. Mm. So that was interesting to me. They told me, like, you're a starseed. And I'm like, okay, how can I not have any past lives but be a starseed? Because apparently that's where I was in a previous life. And they're like, guess what? You have everything wrong. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Great. So glad to know that I didn't learn anything. Um, and so they had to completely, like, as soon as I, as soon as I was finally like, okay, fine. I have no, what are you talking about? And they were like, okay, well, you're, you hold the rainbow child archetype. And I'm like, aren't I a little old for that? Basically, it's just this archetype where you don't have karma. You don't connect to a past life as if it's yours. You allow mm -hmm. yourself to be your own person in this lifetime. And they're like, part of your calling is to help people disconnect from this idea of pain as a, as a heritage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, well, maybe I'll try that. Okay. And then a lot of the other information that I had come through, and a lot of people focus on this in their Akashic Records readings, is what uh, what's your soul group of origin? What are your um, spiritual gifts in this life? What is all like your previous training? And I was like, that sort of turns everything that I had known on its head. Because if this is who we are, if we were created to be this person and we didn't have any really I hesitate to say previous training because that's not really right, but we didn't have any previous lives to inform who we are in this life. Well, then maybe we're getting some things a little, not necessarily wrong, but maybe our understanding of the Akash is evolving. Mm -hmm. And that was originally a letdown to me because it's, it's not what I wanted to hear, but it's what's made my work fun, you know, because I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess this makes sense then because I've always thought this or I've always done this. And, um, yeah, but being, but being in like that class and hearing everyone else bring up their really awesome experiences. And I was like, I'm brand new. Like was like a wah, wah, wah kind of a moment. <laughs> like, mm. okay. Like, oh, good. You have nothing to tell me. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but actually they did tell you a whole lot. They did. Yeah. Really? It just wasn't what I, I just had to give up of what I wanted to hear and then yeah. allow myself to have what was actually coming to me which was a lot harder like I fought them for months on that I was like this is bullshit yeah <laughs> tell me what my past lives are and I fought them on it for like six months before I was finally like okay what are you talking about like what do you mean and they're like oh are you ready to listen cool yeah like yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah because they won't tell you until you're ready exactly and it took me a while to get there um but here we are <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean like I said I've never had this done I've never had like a past lives reading or anything else but mm -hmm. I just have a deep belief that I've had many <laughs> yeah well I did too 
I thought I had so many because even as a kid, everyone was like, you're oddly aware, you're oddly wise, you seem to know things that you're not supposed to know. Why did you get that joke? Like, why are like what? Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, I must have been around the block before. You know, like I can't this I can't be fresh, you know, I'm not some idiot. Like I'm not just like this isn't hard. I mean it's it's hard. Life is not easy, but you know, I'm like yeah. I can I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like I've got this okay, you know. Yeah. And then when my guides were like, Nope, you have no other lives, I was like, Well, there goes my identity, you know, like what is the identity you gave yourself? That? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. So what, so tell me the difference between, I I know you did kind of talk about this a little bit before, but the Akashic records and a soul blueprint, like tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So a soul blueprint is information that I actually pull from the Akashic records. Mm. It's just framed a little bit differently than, uh, I guess a regular Akashic Records reading where I'm tuning into karma and concurrent lives that you may be connecting to. When I am pulling your soul blueprint, I'm pulling uh, basically your cheat codes. I'm looking at- I love that, your cheat codes. Yeah, it's like the 2D representation of the 3D you. So I can sort of read you and I Mm. can say, okay, well, um, I can see that you would make a really great medium in this lifetime, or I can see that perhaps you should start studying Reiki. It's about that time for you. Um, If you are feeling sort of stagnant in your life, I can tell you where you should start expanding or what you should start looking into. Typically, people come to me for a soul blueprint alignment when they're ready to start actually living in alignment with who they are, when they're ready to start being like, okay, I'm bored. Like, I feel like there's something more I'm supposed to be doing. Like, why am I not getting it? And sometimes they come to me and they don't even know that that's what they're looking for, but their guides have sort of pushed them in my direction. And I'm like, this reading would be great for you because I can sort of get a feel for what a person needs before if they talk to me first and they're like, I need a reading, but I see both options on your site and I don't know what I need. And I'm like, it's this one. Mm. And so Typically, people are like, I want to know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And then they get way more than they bargained for. But it's exactly (laughs) what they needed. (laughs) Because typically, people are like, okay, so should I go into biology as my major? Or should I? And then then I give them a lot more than that. But it's just that first curiosity of who am I? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I feel like I'm missing something. Or I feel like I'm not doing something exactly right. Or I feel like I'm just ready for more. Um, that's when a soul blueprint alignment is best because, and what's so cool about these to me is that I can give you what you're ready for at the moment. Like where, what's your alignment right now? And then when you grow into that, like you get bigger and then your blueprint expands and then you're able to do, I don't want to say more incredible things because anything you do in this life is going to be incredible and valuable to God or source. But it's just the more that you expand and the more that you sink into what it is that you can actually do where you excel, it just, life just gets so cool when you start building upon who you are and when you start living in alignment and validating who you are, really. It's just one of my, it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. So I, you know, I have done, I think 
a whole bunch of things, but like human design, Enneagrams, mm-hmm. and the, all of the things, right? Mm-hmm. So my in my human design chart, like, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but... Very little. Okay. So there is actually, in your chart, it tells you, like, your, your quote-unquote conscious and your unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. And then in that, like, I don't know exactly what it is. People l- listening to this right now are going, oh, my God, she's killing us right now, but that's okay. <laughs> but there is a place where it says... Um, you know, like, this is what you're here to, like, learn and, like, go through and, like, whatever in mm-hmm. this lifetime. And this is what, like, you've already, this is what you just learned, like, the last time, right? And this is what you're mm-hmm. learning this time. And mine are the same. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't learn it so well the last time. <laughs> I still don't really know what it is because reading a human design chart to me is like reading, you know, I don't even know some of the yeah, languages it looks complex yeah dictionary you know <laughs> mm-hmm. the only thing I know is that I'm a manifester yeah see I'm a reflector oh okay yeah that's and that's that's like I'm here to show everyone else mm-hmm. what like to reflect back mm-hmm. what I see in the world which makes okay complete freaking sense Mm -hmm. if you know here I am going I want to show everyone what how you know how powerful you really are yeah yeah and my I guess mine makes sense as well as a kid I was a freakish manifester um I'd walk into a room and win a prize like kind of a manifester when I was just a kid, like four or five, my mom yeah. would be like, when did you enter the raffle? You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you even enter the raffle? Yeah, exactly. Like, who did this for you? The box. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, it's funny because as I, I think as a manifester, one of the things is sort of like you help, you're part of your own reality, like you're creating it right now. And that sort of harkens back to what I do or help people get a grip on in the Akash. It's like, this is your current reality. Like, this is what you're doing. And it's it's fun. Typically, like, human design confuses me a little bit. Sort of like astrology is so complex. And mm-hmm. I know astrology is really popular right now. And human design is really popular right now. But I'm just like, I see them more useful as, like, archetypes rather than, like, cut and dry, set in stone um, descriptions yeah. of who you are. Yeah, they, they, to me, for me, anyways, Mm -hmm. of all the things that I've done, it, all the things tie in really well together, Mm -hmm. which is like, most people are like, oh, well, this says that, and that says this, and I'm like, well, all my shit usually matches up pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it must be true somewhere, but to get an even more defined, Mm -hmm. like, reading on something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I have all this weird, like to me, it's like, I don't want to say weird, but it's very, co- I don't even want to call it coincidental, but you know what I mean? Like things yeah. are just, you're like, oh, that's happening here, here, and here. And yeah. like, um, so like in astrology, 
my I am an Aries, but the sun was in zero degrees into Aries when I was born. Oh wow. So I'm like totally also, to Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. And Aries and Pisces are like they're fire and water. Mm. So okay. yeah. So if it was like two fire signs, like that would be one thing, but no, they're like Mm -hmm. totally opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make it tricky on you. And I'm like, yeah. And I can like the struggle's real, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I really relate to like the flowing side of water, but then there's that side of me too. That's like the fire that I'm like, everyone just needs to understand this thing, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like the passion and the, um, that the fire and the passion like is real and then the flowing and the and the you know feminine energy like is real but Mm -hmm. I pushed that feminine energy and flow and all that stuff away for a really long time you know like Mm. well I didn't really even know it but I was like living in wounded masculine energy for like a long time yeah um and now you know when you know like knowledge is power right so when you know Mm -hmm. things then you can, you know, integrate and embody more of those things, which is, you know, so great with, you know, what you do, because you're providing more information, more knowledge to somebody to say, this is how you can literally have the best experience in this lifetime as a human on earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I personally, I think that one of everyone's purpose on this, in this life, on this planet is to just learn about yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to come from the understanding that you are a fractal of God, you're just one of the fingers of God, like you are God having a unique experience, then the whole point is to know yourself and to understand what makes you tick and what you like and what you don't like and why you're doing what you do and the sort of depth of knowledge and understanding of not just you but understanding God through you um, I think is why things like archetypes and tools like um, human design and astrology and the Akash at large are so useful because Mm -hmm. I think like the the human study is to study humanity, right? Like, why are we yeah. like this? What am I doing? Why is this like this? And so, I mean, the like human design, kids. yes, exactly. It's, you're always supposed to be curious. You're always supposed to come to a deeper understanding of who you are and your divinity and understanding that, you know, life doesn't have to be a struggle or at least can it be easier and you know how can you set yourself up for success why are we struggling here and really I think any experience you have whether objectively good or bad it's what did I learn from it Mm. um, that I I think is so important because one of the things in that I do in an Akashic Records reading is why did you have this experience what did you learn from it what was the value in it why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And it's an opportunity to study yourself and to know yourself so that you can say, do I need to do this again? Do I want to do this again? Can I move forward? And 
the answer is always yes. Like if you're coming to me for an Akashic Records reading, it's like you're ready to move forward, you know, mm-hmm. but taking that time for reflection and inner study and sort of, it's almost like an initiation into like studying yourself, you know, taking yourself seriously as something worthy of knowing um, that I think is, is like the point of all of these tools. Cause they're always pointing you back to yourself, you know, like it may be super interesting and I get it to know like what your past lives were and what your archetypes are. And if you're a star seed or whether or not, you know, whatever you are, like, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. And I think we're, we all find that and things like astrology interesting because we're all trying to figure out who am I? Like, that's why I love internet quizzes. Like I can spend all day on like a Buzzfeed quiz. Like if you just yeah. <laughs> like, tell me what color my aura is from this five question quiz, you know, tell me what color lightsaber I am or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> love them. And it's because I think that like, who am I? Tell me who I am. Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Mm. Um, that's, I just, I love that stuff. And I, I think really, and I know I'm not alone in loving quizzes. And I think that's no. why we do yeah. it. Yeah. No, I like them too. I, I always like to see what the, if I feel like the answer yeah. resonates with me. Yeah. 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 That's what I love about them. It's not, it's not for me. It's not like, who am I? It's mm-hmm. like, can you get it right? Like, uh-huh. like does yeah. this resonate with me? Like, or is this quiz bullshit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's so, yeah. it's just, it's just so fun. And then I also think there's probably, at least in most of us, there's this little part of us that is there. You're just like, I'm more than this. Like I'm something special. And you know what? Like everyone is. And I think that there, we need to remove sort of like the embarrassment of trying to reach for that little specialness, Mm. you know, because you are special you know you're special because you're unique but then you're also like not special because everyone's unique you know so it's sort of like humble but also like yeah you're special like what is that special thing like what is that Mm -hmm. um and that I think is psychologically what draws me to quizzes and other people to quizzes to be like what is this special thing you're going to tell me I am and then but I think what even is more fun about tools like that is that you get to go inward and I think you're really great at this you're like I know who I am like I can tell you if that's garbage or not yeah (laughs) like I think that's a really cool place to be and if someone can tell you like oh I'm a starseed and you're looking for this little specialness and it's like well that might be a piece of that specialness but the specialness is you the specialness is who are you because you're entirely unique right and because you're entirely unique there's never been anyone like you before or will be after you um Right. You Even were specifically past quote unquote past lives, right? Yeah. You're still not that person that you were in that other or are mm-hmm. in that other life. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what you really learn from the soul blueprint. Um, what I learned when they my guides started giving them to me, and what you can learn when you get one is that you're really unique. Mm. Like you who you are has nothing to do with those other lives. Like you were created to succeed in this life you were created to have the full experience in this current life that you're in there's nothing you need behind you and there's nothing that a future life needs to give you like you have everything you have and you need right now 
Hmm. And that important message right there. Yeah. And it's one of my big ones. And it's, um, it's, I just think it's one of the coolest things that you can learn so that you can just be like, well, okay, like, well, then I'll loosen the reins on myself in this life. Stop judging myself by past standards or future standards or, you know, or punishment that I am enacting on behalf of someone else. It's like, stop doing that other life favors. If they were a horrible person, then like, it's not your responsibility to pay their penance, you know, like don't suffer for someone else. Like be who you are in this life (laughs) to live this life, because that's who you were created to be. You're doing yourself and the universe and God a disservice when you don't do that. So yeah, there's my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) So I think like 15 questions like came up as you were saying that. So I have heard that, you know, ancestral, like we can, um, you know, have ancestral traumas in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion on that? I do. I, I buy it actually. Um, because one of the things that is also very aware that I am very aware of is like the Akashic record of the land mm-hmm. and the, the human body is made of earth. And when you embody certain physical characteristics and you're part of a certain lineage, um, that information does get passed down, whether it's genetic or whether it's something that you absorb from your parents who have absorbed from their parents who have absorbed from their parents, like you do pick up on that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily in alignment with who you're here to express. Um, But it is something that a lot of people have to deal with. And I have seen that work happen. Mm -hmm. I do really think that it's possible for you to let go of those pains or at least how can I put this give yourself permission to succeed in this lifetime so that you can show perhaps your ancestors that we don't have to keep living in this pain you know Mm -hmm. if you're coming from a perspective that everything is now then ancestors and past loved ones they're still present right like energetically and so um if you have a trauma that's passed down based on genetics then that's something akashic wise will come up for you mm-hmm. and i i know that there's this idea of like a life plan that you have like beforehand and that may come into play it may not i'm not sure we have a completely accurate understanding of what a life plan is um but it sometimes is like a service that you're here to do i don't know if you've heard about the mm-hmm. archetype of like an indigo child or something like that but they're people who've just taken it upon themselves to sort of heal ancestral wounds um, to make, mm-hmm. you know, the genetics further ahead of them live in alignment with who they really are make it easier. Mm-hmm. Sort of like clear the wounding of the earth, which <clears throat> is what it really seems like to me when you're dealing with ancestral healing, like it's so connected with the trauma that's on the planet um that it doesn't really have anything to do with who you are as a soul but as an embodied human things mm-hmm. get a little things get a little trickier you know things get lost in translation things get a little twisted um 
And well, in it's that practice, whole free will thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> in, in practice, being human is a lot harder than human in theory, you know? And so there are some little things that we have to untwist and untie and be like, okay, I, I don't need this thing holding me back. We don't need it anymore. We can let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my two cents. Yeah. And then, so one of my other questions is, is the Akashic Records like, your soul contracts? Mm, I have a interesting idea of soul contracts as well. So from the concept of a soul contract comes from the understanding that when you become human, you're going to forget literally everything. Yeah. And so you have to sign a contract beforehand so that you can fulfill certain obligations that you set out for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to focus this life on becoming conscious individuals, where we understand that we are fractals of God, like if you want to get really crazy, we are God, then you don't need a contract because you will follow these things anyways. And on top of that, you may freestyle. You may decide to do something that's also in alignment, but maybe different. And I think that when you decide to become conscious and then take your place in the universe and then also decide to play with the universe, the universe isn't going to hold you to, to a contract that in with your eyes wide open, you decided, actually, I do want to try this instead. Um, so I think in my mission to help everyone understand that they're a bit of consciousness, that that's all that there is, and to help them under, wake up to their divine nature, I don't really see the point of soul contracts. I'm not sure that they're always necessary. Mm. But if you want to say, are they stored in the Akash? It's definitely information that would be available to you in there because it would hold the record of everything. Right. So even if you signed a soul contract before you came here, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be exactly as land like my understanding of a soul contract is you know before you come here Mm -hmm. you're like okay these are things that I need to fulfill to um move humanity forward Mm -hmm. to um help the conscious collective Mm -hmm. to enlighten humanity um going forward mm-hmm. and you're agreeing to going through certain things learning mm-hmm. certain lessons mm-hmm. um, in order to fulfill that purpose so I think it's more if you want to live your life completely blind to the woo for lack of a better term yeah and you your divinity, your influence on creation, then maybe a soul contract is necessary for you. Like if that's your intention for this life, there are some people out there, like I really think that everyone's intuitive, but there are some people who Mm -hmm. have zero interest in it. They do not care. Yeah, they don't care or they don't know. Yeah, and maybe for those people, a soul contract is necessary for them. Mm -hmm. But I think as we move forward in time and as a society and we wake up 
to our consciousness and our divinity, soul contracts are kind of going to be phased out because Mm. you'll be able to say, okay, I want to have an earth experience. Boom, we're here. And you're like, okay, well, this is who I am. Um, Well, I thought maybe I wanted to marry this person, but I don't know, maybe I want to travel the world for a bit first. And Mm. then because you're a fully realized conscious being, that's not wrong. You know, you're not breaking a contract um, because you're God. You can make things up as you go along. That's allowed. Um, And I think it's consciousness. Once you become conscious of what you're doing, you don't need to be held to some sort of cosmic legal contract that's binding you to something. You know, you can still fulfill what you wanted to do in this life, but I don't know, maybe I want to do it differently. Maybe I got here and I changed my mind. Maybe I think this would be more fun. And the universe is going to be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Do that then. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, what you just said about, um, like creating, like being here. Yeah. A fully realized conscious being like, we're all, that's kind of what we're all working towards. Right. Well, yeah, that's what woke, more woke people are working towards. right? Yeah. (laughs) 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 at least consciously yes as best as we can yeah yes and you know when you said something about you know creating creating and playing like here as a human Mm -hmm. that's kind of to me that is the point of being here Mm -hmm. and being human I would agree you know, people, I've heard people be like, oh, this has got to be hell. And I'm like, mm, no, like this is actually yeah. a fucking playground. It's supposed to be. Yeah. We can make it hell. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's- but exactly. We can make it anything we want. Yeah. Which is, you know, my big message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I realized that there were systems and patterns put in place before we all got here, but as if you were to go from like a cosmic perspective of like a God self perspective, like yeah. earth was intended to be a playground. Like it's this place where you put everything into practice. And, you know, maybe if you're going to come from the soul contract perspective, you gave yourself something really shitty to do, but mm. you know, maybe from a cosmic perspective, that is an invaluable experience. But if you get here and you're like, maybe I can learn this same lesson, but in a non-painful way, Mm. maybe I can learn this, but in a fun way, maybe I don't have to suffer to understand this. Mm. And that's part of my big message is that you don't have to suffer to learn anything. You don't have to. If it benefits your soul, if you choose the hard path, then far be it for me to tell you you're wrong but you don't have to right like that's and that it's like you can learn through fun life can be fun yeah possible yeah absolutely so let's talk about our egos Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think in in the self-development world people are you know bashing the ego yeah and they're like, oh my God, just like, you know, go kill your ego, like tell it to go away and you don't need it, blah, 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 which is to me is bullshit, right? Yes. Like you, we have our egos for a reason. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's to keep the balance a little bit. 
right? And to keep us alive. Like, yes, completely, like, physically safe. Yeah. And mentally and at times too, right? But we can go yeah. overboard with the mentally part of it, right? With our yeah. egos, because, you know, I, I feel like our egos are, hold us back a lot too, because it's like, okay, well, my ego is here to keep me safe. So if I don't know something or if I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this, that's why my ego is there to be that like that checkpoint to be like, do you really want to do this? Because we don't know what's going to happen over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so... I think it shows up more than we need it to. So it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're supposed to kill your ego. You're supposed to kill your individuality, blah, blah, blah. I ran up and up against that a lot. And I struggled with it because I'm like, well, why am I, why are we unique if we're just supposed to kill that, if that's a horrible thing? Mm. And it's probably like we screwed up a translation of it somewhere, but I brought this to my guides and I was like, why, like, why would you tell me about someone's uniqueness, their soul blueprint? But then also, why would they need to kill that part of themselves? And they presented with me this idea of the ego just being a function of perspective. So if you were to think of it like a lens, Mm -hmm. the healthy ego is just like refracted light of the source light, like a kaleidoscope. You know, we're all looking at the same thing, but we're all looking at it slightly differently. And the way it's filtered through us gives us a different perspective of, ultimately the same thing, but we see it differently. We experience it differently. All valuable information to the universe, creation and source. Mm. But where I think we get mixed up is, and I don't like to call it the bad ego. I like to call it the traumatized ego Mm. because when we're talking about the ego is just here to keep us safe. The ego is just here to keep us from pain. That's a traumatized ego. And I'm not saying that's a, a poor function, like who wants to feel pain? And I think Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, your ego is like, we don't have to do it this way. No, you know, like it doesn't have to hurt. Let's do it some way different. Mm -hmm. And maybe because we're so traumatized, like I had a between lies regression session and I actually regressed back to the point of distinction where I was part of everything source. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was born as an individual. And it was incredibly traumatic to me. It was horrible. I did not want it. I wanted to go back to that warm, cushy space where I was part of everything and I didn't feel so alone and I didn't feel so separate. And your ego is just individuation. That's all it is. It doesn't mean that you're separate. It doesn't mean that you're horribly egocentric or full of yourself. It just means that you gained a unique perspective and you're going to explore the universe through this perspective but I wanted no part of it. And it was horrible to me. I couldn't, I knew I was part of everything, but I couldn't feel it the same way because now I had this new experience of being an individual. And I literally had to be coached and be told like, you're safe. You're okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think we have that experience again, when we're born as a human, Mm -hmm. um, we lose that connection with our mother um, all of a sudden we're in this strange body. We don't know what to do with. It doesn't respond well. The only way that we can communicate is by crying and that's hard and painful and the lights are loud and sometimes things smell and sometimes our parents don't understand how to take care of us right away. So sometimes we go hungry and sometimes, you know, our, our 
diapers are not comfortable. And, mm. and so I think from that, we build upon sort of this trauma. And I, I'm not saying that your parents are intentionally traumatizing you. I don't really think right. unless a truly terrible parent that any of them are, are really doing that. But um, that's just what happens. You know, you pick up these little things. No one tells you how to be a human. Everyone's just making it up as you go along. You sort of kind of remember as a kid that you're part of source but then as you grow up like no one else seems to be remembering that so you're like did I make that up maybe I should forget that maybe to be safe I need to forget what that was and then we traumatize we get traumatized by our individuality we get traumatized by this ego perspective and that is where I think we get messed up because then we have to start thinking well I have to rely on myself to get anywhere in the world And then perhaps we get a little too far into, I'm an individual, I'm wonderful, I'm special. And you are, but if you say that to mean that other people aren't, then we have a problem, right? And so I think if you go back and you listen to those great Buddhist masters and even like Hindu gurus, and they're like, you have to find that place of source again. And that place of source is where you sink back into nothingness and everything. So everything includes your ego though, you know, and I think that the further you go into yourself, like, I don't think you can find connection by disconnecting from yourself, if that makes any sense. I think you have to go so far inward that you find the rest of the divine with, you know, because the divine is you. Um, Yeah, yeah. So my next question is going back a little bit even further than that is, um, you know, when you, when we were talking before about connecting to like another life, mm-hmm. how does that happen? Like, how do we like energetically are all of our lives, they're all happening like at the same time, even, even though in a human perspective, it's a linear timeline, even though it's really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are we all energetically connected? And how is that possible if we're all individuals? Yeah, it's like one of those great um, contradictions. So yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those frustrating ones where it's true and not true. Um, yeah. So if you're going to come from the perspective that you are God, then yeah. you have other lives. But if you're going to come from the perspective that Julia has other lives, then I'm messing up because Julia has only ever had this life. Mm. And typically when we're talking about past lives, we're talking about me. I personally have lived before as a French nobleman in the 1700s. And you're like, Mm. not quite. Mm. If you're going to come from the perspective of oneness and allness, then it might be more accurate to say you've had past lives. But typically, we're not doing that. Um, If you're going to come to the understanding that, how does that work? Like, how do we connect, right? So I'll give my own example. One time I was in meditation, and it was just one of these days where I was really struggling with liking myself. And I connected to this other person. probably a few hundred years ago, living in the far east, maybe something like Thailand, maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get a good sense of where geographically, but this guy 
just had accepted that he was gross and ugly and everyone around him validated that. That's where he got the idea from. Um, he had just surrendered to the idea that he would never be married because no one ever would find him desirable. Like no one liked him. He just, he, and he was just like, I guess this must be true. Like I'm gross. I like, no one likes me. I don't even like myself. And I connected to this life and I recognized that we had a commonality between us. And I looked at him and I was like, you're not gross. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like these other people are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I could have said, well, this is my past life because we're both struggling with the same deal. This is why I have this pain in my life. And this is, you know, this explains it. This explains everything. But the reason why we connect to other lives like that, the reason why it feels like we do is because you're recognizing a part of yourself and someone else. And that part of yourself, or at least what you think is yourself, is that pain. But really, it's, it's just not even true. Like, it's a lie. All of these things that other, these other people had told him were just like ugly, mean things that exposed more about the people who were saying it than about this truly gentle, kind, lovely person who could have gone off the rails and hated everyone, but was really just like, okay, well, I guess I'll seclude myself because no one can stay, can stand to look at me and it was a really enlightening experience because even while we were connected there was this part of me where I'm like I'm still not this person like this is a completely unique separate person having their own experience Mm -hmm. but I see where what draw drew us to each other Mm -hmm. so that is in my experience typically how you connect to a past life there's a common pain um And typically it's in the past because it's easier for us to conceptualize than connecting to a future life with things that we have no concept for and have never seen before. Mm. Although it's not that that doesn't happen. um, It's just that it doesn't happen as often. Hmm. So the conception that our souls are reincarnated. Mm -hmm. That like in my own head like that would be a past life. Like if I was here before, if my soul was here before in a different body, mm-hmm. that body dies, my soul is reincarnated into a new body. To me, that's a past life. Yeah. So not, well, in your opinion, that's, mm-hmm. what, tell me about that. So your- I don't <laughs> want to... I understand that people have like deep religious connections to this idea and even like deep foundational understandings of their existence based on the idea of reincarnation. And I know that there have been many studies where people remember these other lives to great detail and to great degree. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying you don't remember those things. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's nothing to learn from that perspective. But at least from what my guides have taught me, from what I have been taught and from what I've learned just in my time working in the Akash and knowing that I've never had any past lives, yet I feel like I should have had past lives, it's not necessarily reincarnation. Mm. It is you're an incarnated being who will continue to grow and evolve 
even after you decide to let go of this physical form. Mm. And the idea of reincarnation, I think, is really useful in the respect that it helps us understand that we don't truly die. Like things go on, life continues after this, but it just doesn't continue necessarily as a human. You may hold on to your human identity and explore the rest of the universe as a, you know, disembodied human. What can I learn as a spirit guide? What can I learn as someone who works in the Akashic Records, for example, or yada, yada. Um, But in my experience, that's not quite how reincarnation is not exactly how it is. But if it's important to you to keep it, then keep it. Yeah. No, I I don't have an opinion because I'm so mm-hmm. open to all different perspectives. I think I know that that is one of my unique gifts is that... Mm-hmm. I can hear something and see it from multiple different perspectives at once. Mm -hmm. And then like if when I'm coaching a client or with a student and they say something, I can see them. So say they want a strategy and I'm like, okay, what's the goal for your strategy? If I hear the goal for the strategy, then I can see the multiple different ways that that can happen. Mm-hmm. at once mm-hmm. and you know share that and then help them find the most aligned way for them that's cool and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and when which is why I'm also really good at the mindset thing because somebody can say something and I now and this took some time because it takes self-development and growth to get to this point Mm -hmm. where because you have to know what a limiting belief is and once you know what a limiting belief is you just see them everywhere like you can't unsee a limiting belief right (laughs) like I even see them in movies it like kind of ruins movies sometimes for me I'm like well that's just (laughs) dumb like you know (laughs) but somebody can say something so like I don't want to say innocent but like just that's the way it is for them Mm -hmm. and I'm instantly I can go down deep to like that basement level and be like well this is why you feel this way like I don't know what the specific instance was in their life but I know if it's like you don't feel like you're worthy enough like you don't feel like you deserve this you don't like it it, because Mm -hmm. it always comes back to us right yeah exactly always comes back to us yeah a limiting belief is always something we believe about ourselves mm-hmm. so it, yeah I, those are like the gifts I have in you know the coaching I mean I don't even want to say coaching because really it's a life gift right because I could do it yeah. for anybody <laughs> you know yeah yeah um so you know I think for me, that's one of the many gifts that I'm supposed to share here that mm-hmm. so people don't have to suffer mm-hmm. in certain ways because I can just go deep really fast. Yeah. Some people aren't ready to go deep really fast though. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I know it can be a little overwhelming to people and they're like, whoa, you yeah. know, you don't let me dip my toe in first. Like you're just going to throw me into the deep end there. It's like, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so sometimes it's like when I go to like write content and like, mm-hmm. I remember the very first time, like I hired my a coach and she's like, oh, you have to talk about the symptoms. And I'm like, I don't care about the symptoms. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, you know, like that's, that's hard for me. Yeah. That's hard for me to like relate to, even though it happens to me because it happens mm-hmm. to all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Because whatever our deep limiting belief is there, it does manifest in ways that are so ridiculous like when we go back to look at it we're like really <laughs> yeah you know we're like oh my gosh yeah. I was doing that because of that yeah and it always seems so dumb and simple when you're over the hump but when you're yes. staring at it it's like Mount Everest yes yeah or when you're like in that stuck place or mm-hmm. you know whatever you're like I'm never gonna get out of here yep like I'm never nothing's ever gonna change it's always just gonna be this way yeah Exactly. Yeah. Um, So I don't even know what my point was now. (laughs) I think, well, I was just trying to say like, if reincarnation is really important to you and you're using it to learn, or you just, you're, you hate me for bringing up the idea that you, you're not reincarnated, then, you know, keep it, you know? Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's going to have their own perspective on that like yeah period. yeah until they're proven and until it's you know like proven to them or they're open enough to look at it through a different lens yeah yeah and I, that's yeah it's true for everyone it's just and I understand why people would really want to hold on to the idea of reincarnation because it, it feels good this idea that we go on and we don't die and I, I think there's an element of truth we don't die you know, it's life that's this weird in-between space, not what comes after. Like, that's the same place we came from. Now, um, there's a perspective shift right there, right? Like, yeah. life is the in-between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you work in the Akash and the work that I do, the more you're just like, this is just this weird little thing that we're doing for just a moment. And then there's so much more before and after it, if you want to get linear about it, mm. that um, that just it just makes this little time that we're here so much more meaningful and it makes you want to mine the most out of it that you can yeah awesome um I just like kind of I'm like oh that's a really interesting way to to look at it you know and I'm like I just want to open my book (laughs) (laughs) you know you actually can um, I always recommend, cause you really have to be careful in the Akashic records, because if you try to go in there all willy nilly and be like, let's learn about Annie Oakley or let's learn about Atlantis or. I just want to learn about myself. <laughs> yeah. So I always recommend working with a guide. And so if you go into meditation and you just say, I want to go into the Akash, you just imagine what you think that might be. But then ask for a guide to step forward and say, I would like to work with an Akashic guide to pull the record of my birth, just to start out with. And if you do it often enough, sometimes it takes a little practice, um, but you actually will eventually get information about your birth. It could be 
the birth of you as a soul, or it could be the birth of you in this life. And it's your record. You have access to it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you may not know what you're looking for, (laughs) but that's fine. And it's just a good way to get hmm, a sense of agency over your current life and to work in co-creation with the universe and this life that you're here. Um, But don't think that you're going to be able to like ransack the records and learn about Lemuria and different timelines because you actually can screw things up a little bit um, if you try and go rogue. But really there are like a bunch of librarians for lack of a better term who are not really going to let you do that. (laughs) Although, you know, it's, a little bit of a, a mixed message as to whether or not you can actually screw things up. You could probably screw things up yourself, but you probably wouldn't screw things up in the record entirely. But you can absolutely go into your own record and be like, all right, what do I want to know? What do I need to know? Is probably most the better question to ask. What's it, what's best for me to know about my own record at this time? And yeah. you'll get something. And what, like, how how do you, like, how does the information come to you? Because I know... For me, I'm still a little new to this whole like getting information thing. Like I'm still, mm-hmm. <laughs> still trying to hone in on like, what are my like thoughts and what aren't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like what's actual information I might be getting from guides and what are actually thoughts that are just going through my head, like from past experiences or whatever. Yeah. So if do you want to hear a little trick that I have for that? So yes. I know that there are people who really struggle with like, well, what feels like my guys? If I'm, if I've decided that I'm in reading space and like, I've I'm like, okay, now anything that comes through my head is from my guides and it's for my sitter or it's for me. And then when I'm decide, okay, I'm done. Then it's like, now my thoughts are filtering in. But it's like, as soon as I sit down, yeah, as soon as I sit down to a reading space, I've decided that anything that comes through my brain is for the sitter, then that's how it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But like the way I work in the Akash, the way, hmm, when I'm working for myself, the way that I see it is sort of very clairvoyantly. I work a lot with symbols and metaphors and um, like uh like a lot of play on words and stuff like that sometimes if I really let go um my clairvoyant imagery can be sort of pretty lifelike but when I'm working with a client typically I'm channeling and sometimes I'll get a knowing like it'll be claircognizant it'll just pop into my head what it is and Mm -hmm. then once I I get the thread that energy that's working with me for this client, then I typically just go into channeling space. Mm. Yeah. See, so I have been told that mm-hmm. I have all the clairs, mm. um, mm-hmm. but I have not experienced all of them. They're um, so commonplace. Like you, you probably, the awareness is probably going to come from being like, Oh, is that all that is? Like yeah, I've been doing that's... that my whole I thought it was something special, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been doing that. Yeah. Which is why sometimes I 
have to figure out whether it's my thoughts or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. has this, like, this has been happening to me all my life. Like, is this like it? That's it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I ha- I can't say that I have never seen spirit, a mm-hmm. spirit, spirit. Mm-hmm. Because I think I did when I was younger, but mm-hmm. have not in my adult life. Um, and that I believe is just a fear block. Yeah. Um, or, and I can't say I've never actually heard voices before because I have, mm-hmm. but they've been like, they freaked me out too. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's the, the, um, so it's like, oh, she's not ready yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll do it a different way. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So like my pendulum game is ridiculously strong. Nice. Um, I can use a pendulum and it just like reacts instantly. Mm-hmm. But I don't use it too often because it's yes or no questions. And sometimes yeah. I want like actual words, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried automatic writing or just intuitive writing? I haven't tried that yet, Um, but I have been honing in more to words that come into my head, Mm -hmm. Um, like thoughts. So, which is why I'm like, are these my thoughts or are these not my thoughts? Um, So I don't know what they call that, but. And honestly, I think it just comes with practice. But on top of that, you'll hear some people be like, well, just try and figure out when it doesn't, when it feels like a guide. And I think it's probably easiest to understand, like, what do my thoughts feel like when I know they're my thoughts? Like, what do I sound like? Because sometimes I'll get words that just pop into my head out of, out of nowhere. And it'll yeah. seem so, like, what did that have to do with anything? Yeah. You know? <laughs> And that's when I'll be like, okay, that was probably, or it'll be like, pay attention or make sure you're listening to this or, you know, something like that. And I'll be like, oh, well, that obviously wasn't me. Like, why would I be telling myself to pay attention to this? Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, So it just, I I know this is the the frustrating answer, but it just takes practice. (laughs) Yeah. And like extreme, to, I feel like it would have to be like extreme concentration for me in the beginning anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and a certain amount of trial and error. Yeah. And then you eventually get to the point, like, and especially with channeling, you're like, am I ever not channeling? Like, is any thought that comes through my head unique to me? Like, is any, does anything I ever say actually my own, or am I sometimes speaking yeah. through a a guide like is a yeah, guy trying like to get a message. yeah but then it's also like is that just normal for everyone like is everyone just handing out free advice to people and they don't understand that like that was a free little mini reading you know and like is yeah. that it's just again like I think what's so cool about like psychicness or intuitiveness is that it's so normal and so commonplace that it would freak people out when they finally understand, like, actually, you are actually very intuitive, that little bit of advice that you gave, or that little knowing that you had, that just felt like a hunch, you know? Yeah, Uh, there have been plenty of times where even, like, it doesn't even matter, I could be on the podcast, talking to a client, like, writing a post, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. like, the words just flow out, yeah, and I'm like, 
wow, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who did that? (laughs) Yeah. Did that come from me? Did I just say that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, but, um, you know, when did you know you were a medium? I know we're like way over time here, but I can't stop talking. So (laughs) if you have a few more minutes, I'm open to a few more minutes. I do have a few more minutes. I do have to go relatively soon, but I will tell you when I realized I was a medium, which is funny because, so I decided, um, I suffered a lot with mental health when I was sort of in middle school, high school. And then when I was an adult, I was like, enough, I can't do this anymore. So to deal with my depression and anxiety, um, for some reason, I just couldn't make myself go to therapy. It would have benefited me, but I couldn't make myself do it. And so I was like, what else is left? Meditation. Mm. I'll meditate. And I started doing it religiously. I would do it every day. And I still do it as many days as I can. Mm-hmm. And on the days that I don't meditate, I do yoga. But um, I was doing that for years. My mental health got a lot better. And mm-hmm. I sort of started getting these weird, not intrusive thoughts because they weren't mean or they didn't disrupt my life, but just weird, random thoughts mm-hmm. come into my head or just imagery usually. And I would be like, well, that's just a weird, quirky thing my brain is doing. You know, that's just a thing brains do. And I'd brush them off. And one day I was just maybe a couple of years after that, I was sitting on my couch and I was meditating and I just, out of nowhere, got a message for my grandmother. And then I was like, that's odd. Then I opened my eyes and in front of me, I saw, I call it a sparkle, but that's not doing it justice. It was like this really concentrated form of consciousness that looked like a pinprick of light and Mm. I saw it right in front of me right after I had that little intuitive hit come and then it kind of freaked me out because I was like what was that why did I see it why did that all happen at the same time and it was sort of like oh and then also this happened right after I had that intuitive hit from my grandmother one of her guides walked up to me hit me on the forehead and then walked away in a huff and on top of that, I felt it. Oh, Julia. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is this? Like, I need to figure what just happened. Yeah. And it was like the universe aligned. I looked online for like how to mediumship workshops or how to be a medium or something. And like two weeks from then, um, a medium was coming into town to do a mediumship workshop, literally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, perfect. Sign me up. And then even funnier, my dad was like, hey, can I come down and visit you during this time frame? And I'm like, you can, but you're going to learn how to be a medium. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> we okay. went to this mediumship workshop and um, my dad is actually an incredible medium. He did not sign up for this, but he just found out, you know, he's like, okay, great. Like I was thinking I was going to be here and support my daughter, but it turns out that I am a medium as well. <laughs> and oh. it's, it's funny because my dad is actually a better past loved one medium than mm-hmm. I am. I employ mediumship, but it's typically to work with guides and Akashic um, guides, but my dad's an excellent medium. And so I decided, I was like, okay, I like this. I'm going to keep doing it because this is happening. Like just when I'm meditating. And so I mentored under an evidential medium and I was not getting people's past loved ones. I kept getting stuff about like their soul blueprint. I'm like, let's talk about your purpose. Let's talk about how far off your path you've gotten. Let's talk about how we can heal this and how you can get back into alignment. Let's let's talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. And this, and they're like, uh, no, I want to talk to my grandma. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And it was just like, actually, we need to talk about this. And I just, the person I was mentoring under had no idea what to do with me. She's like, well, um, their aunt's here. Do you want to try connecting with their aunt? And I'm like, actually, I would really like to talk about why they're not going back to school. And they're like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> and so um, it took a little bit, maybe like a handful of months before I was finally like, do you mind if we just intentionally, like if I try and give people like life path readings, I think we were calling it life purpose readings at the time. She's like, okay, fine. You're not picking up on dead people. So we may as well do that. And um, I progressed much quicker like that. I eventually graduated from under um, her tutelage. And then I just sort of bebopped around until I found someone who could teach me about the Akash. And here we are. I'm still studying. I feel like it's still important to still study and still learn just because of who I am. And I never want to feel like I've finished. You know, I always feel like there's places to grow and, and to go. I was going to say, do you ever really finish? Because I don't think yeah, that's true. I, yeah. don't, I don't think so either. And I think if this is just my personal opinion, if you're someone who's going to be like, I am a professional, this is what I do. Sort of like how teachers always have to go to school. Like they yeah. always have to be learning and up on it. I think, yeah. I think I should should expect that of myself as well um and yeah that's how I learned that I was sort of a medium but not a traditional medium Mm. that's so interesting because I think we all kind of we all have the ability Mm -hmm. you just have to be open to it yes I think so yeah I think where there's just so much to us as humans and especially with our consciousness that sparks us to be who we are are the ways our brain works like we have no idea really how our I mean we have a very basic knowledge and it's getting Mm -hmm. better and better about this freaking ridiculous computer we have in our heads right um and how that works and then how our how energy works like yeah, you can flip on a light with a switch, but you can actually do the same thing in your body. Yeah. And like, that's just so foreign to people right now, but not Mm -hmm. a lot of people, but to Mm -hmm. the collective human race, Mm -hmm. more people don't know or understand that than do right now. Um, or are even open to the possibility that it's possible right or the possibility that you know like manifestation is real or magic is real like you can call Mm -hmm. it magic but it's really you know it's really energetics and intention and and focus and effort like that's really all it is yep um and I truly believe that we came here and earth and our bodies have absolutely everything we need to heal everything we need to to just be and be in our purpose and live our purpose here Mm -hmm. like there's nothing external that you need yeah I agree yeah that was a good conversation thank you for inviting me on to have it I had a lot of fun Yes, so did I. So did I. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you, Julia. Yeah, thank you. So you can find me at Divine Realignment 
www.thelaughingbrook.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram by the same name, Facebook by the same name, but typically it's easiest to reach me on my website. Um, all my services are there. I have a blog there. I'm going to be like revamping my website kind of soon to sort of create like a community space for it. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But if you're interested in any of this, I would love to help you get into your own records, disconnect from any lives that are a pain and trauma that you don't need to be holding on to and figuring out what you're here to express as. Yeah, I, I just popped open your Instagram. I love that. So it's helping star seeds figure out how to be human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. <sighs> awesome. All right. So everyone, uh, if you've gotten to the end of this extremely long episode, because usually there's <laughs> they're not this long, but this was such an uh, uh, interesting conversation that I just couldn't stop. Um, first of all, we totally appreciate you hanging out for this long mm -hmm. with us. Second, we want you to um, screenshot this episode and tag us in your stories, put it on your stories, tag us in your stories and tell us what you thought about this episode, what your ahas were, takeaways, like questions, DM us your questions, just show some love, share this episode mm -hmm. with somebody who you think needs it. And uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. What if you could manifest any desire you want faster without overwhelm, frustration, self-doubt, guilt, or self-sabotage? Maybe you feel guilty for feeling that way, for wanting more. Like your life's pretty good and you should be grateful for everything that you already have. I mean, you've heard that statement your whole life, right? I know I did. Listen, your intuition ain't lying. There is so much more and you get to have and do anything you want while being so super grateful for where you are right now. And while most people are busy settling for mediocre, you know you deserve more and you're so ready to create your one-of-a-kind life where you get to have it all. And it will all be yours because you'll know what most people don't. The best kept manifesting secret weapon, Moon manifesting join me free for the 30-day moon manifestation mastery challenge and learn how to tap into the moon's natural powerful energy to bring you what you want faster just go to newspiritualbadass.com slash moon dash manifestation dash challenge and sign up today seriously it's free you have nothing to lose and everything to gain see you there